This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing today ahead of you know what is going to be likely another busy week for you? Yeah, it's well, it's the final countdown because uh, mm-hmm. next Wednesday after we have the final announcements come in, uh, they hit a dead period. Well, they'll be in a dead period, but uh, the whole month of February is dead. So a nice break uh, a bit from covering recruiting or tracking offers and coaches on the road and visitors and all that. So it's been a hectic run from the end of the season through all the coaching changes, all the hires into the transfer portal wave we had. And now uh, wrap up on signing day, we'll get a nice recap or, or preview of it, I should say. Uh, here on the pod today, but it'll be an eventful Wednesday. I think they'll certainly have multiple guys commit to them, and I think at this point it's just a matter of how they close and and how many guys they uh, ultimately sign next week. Yeah, you you did a rundown of their scholarship situation that I highly recommend everybody go check out on the site. Um, So I just want to make sure I have this right and make sure we all have this right on the same page. Uh, We're looking at seven scholarships available at this moment, but they – if they wanted to get to 85, they could add eight. But the only way they could add eight is with somebody coming back from the portal. Is that correct? Well, okay. So they have this thing you have when you sign out of high school or your transfer, you're called an initial counter. And um, that means your scholarship, you know, you're part of that initial 25 man limit or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know this year they're allowing 25 plus up to seven more guys to replace guys as you had to enter the portal. Well, LSU's had more than seven guys enter the portal over the course of the past year. So they can sign up to 32 guys. Now, they've got 52 returning counters back. So that's guys who have signed with LSU at some point in time. They just transferred in, whatever it might be, and they're on scholarship. They had 13 high school signees back in December. And right now, as the time we're recording this podcast, they have 12 transfer portal uh, signees edition. So that gets you to 77. We know 85 is the limit for NCAA teams that put guys on scholarships. So like you just noted at the start, eight total scholarships left, but seven in terms of, or you could use up to seven in this 2022 class. They're at 25 right now. You can get up to 32. So We've got a handful of high school guys that could fill those spots. And, and Matty B, I think from there, once we get past next Wednesday, we'll know really, okay, do they have one spot left? Do they have four spots left? And then they'll be able to decide, hey, look, how do we want to use these down the line in the portal? Uh, and I think that will be kind of a, a popular thing for teams to do is put a scholarship or two in your back pocket and say, we're going to wait till spring ball because we might have guys leave and now this position becomes a need for us. Or, yeah. you know, Joe Burrow pops into the portal and you don't want to be sitting around saying, well, I've spent up all my scholarship spots. I I can't go get a guy like that. So um, we'll see how they get through next Wednesday, though. I think all the focus right now for the staff is on high school guys and and getting through the weekend and into next week. Yeah, because as far as transfer portal go, obviously the 
signing day is for high school players. It's not for the transfer portal. So, and what makes this interesting to me is the fact that if we look at the high school targets that LSU has and the guys that are we're moving into visits in a second, it's not like we're looking at these guys that they're like, all right, 100% LSU. Like, it's not a, it's a no-brainer at this point. There's some battles that they're still going to be fighting up until the last day, up until February 2nd. So, I mean, if we just run through the the visitors, I mean, uh, Jacoby Matthews, Harold Perkins, we know those two are going to be battles for, for LSU to try to win. Uh, Trevante Citizen, Danny Lewis uh, as well. I think they already hosted Trevante Citizen and uh, Danny Lewis was when, like, middle of the week, I believe it was. So, and then, uh, yeah, and so then... Well, I mean, we look at the other guys, and I, I wrote a story on Jalen Davis Robinson, the cornerback from Waxahachie, and I, I think that LSU likes where they are with him. I think they like where they are with Caleb Douglas. But, you know, outside of those two, there's a lot in the air still for, the, for this team. Yeah, and I think you kind of look at – let's look at – and you mentioned Trevante Citizen, a running back, four-star, top 100 guy, was in town this past weekend. Uh, and then Danny Lewis was in town midweek, uh, tight end out of Westgate, Wednesday to Friday. And now Friday, they're setting up for this wave of four guys. So you've got Harold Perkins, the linebacker, five-star. Jacoby Matthews, the safety, top 100 player out of uh, Ponchatoula here in Louisiana. And then you touch on uh, Jalen Davis Robinson, a corner out of Waxahashie, and uh, Caleb Douglas, a wide receiver uh, out of Hightower in Texas. And it's almost like you just said, they're going to be fighting some battles down the stretch. And these are kind of for different, or at least different uh, battlefields they're fighting on with Harold Perkins and Jacoby Matthews, you know, we've known, and you can throw Trevante Citizen in there. We've known about those guys for two plus years. You know, they've had offers since they were sophomores in high school. LSU's old staff recruited them. LSU's new staff's been recruiting them. They visited campus a million times. Like we've talked about Citizen and Matthews and Perkins so many times. Citizen and Matthews have been committed to LSU before. So you're battling this sort of, trying to close strong, trying to finish with a bang in recruitments that your program, now granted different coaching staffs, but LSU's program has been in it the whole time. With a couple of other guys in Douglas and, and then Davis Robinson, uh, who are both coming in out of Texas, the new staff just offered him, and really both of them in the past like week and a half. And that quickly led to like, let's go get on in-home visits and bring Brian Kelly over there and the position coaches. And now let's bring them and their families and parents in for this final weekend. And Davis Robinson out of Waxahashie is coming off an Oregon visit. Uh, Douglas is coming off of a Florida visit a couple of weeks ago. So these guys that had other teams interested in pursuing them, and now LSU comes in almost in the 11th hour, right? And, and now you're trying to figure out, hey, how can we close this in a really short window? So the you know like you said it is it's tough to just point to any of these guys and say like no doubt one thousand percent he's going to LSU um, and really for a variety of reasons and and all of them I think are going to come down to when they announce them. Yeah no I I agree um it'll be interesting to see how uh, Perkins Matthews Citizen all them play out because in theory I, obviously I don't know anything but if in theory if they can, if they can ink you know, majority of the targets that they have here that we've, that we've listed off, this class looks a lot different. This look, class looks a lot better, right? Um, I mean, just adding Harold Perkins alone, right? The number one linebacker in the country will do, will do that. You add Perkins and Matthews and Citizen, then you're looking at this class like, oh, they didn't miss a beat. Like, 
when Kelly got hired, we were always, we were always like, at least I was, it was always like, you know, expect a small step back when it comes to uh, recruiting high school players for this, for this specific class. But if you are able to win these, these battles that are not going to be easy and you add these guys to Will Campbell and to Emory Jones and to Walker Howard, then you're looking at a class that's going to be, I think I saw um, in the class calculator, I think you threw it in there and it was like top eight, 10, somewhere around there. I mean, that's huge for, for a freshman class, right? And that's before we even get into the transfer portal. Yeah, looking, I think when we saw them only sign 13 guys in December, it was kind of like, okay, this this will be a smaller class, but they did good kind of knocking down the dominoes of some really big names in Louisiana. And now let's play best case scenario here. But if you're getting Citizen out of Lake Charles and Matthews out of Ponchatoula, um, and we'll see what happens with Danny Lewis and Westgate. But Citizen Matthew, you've already got Walker Howard, you've already got Will Campbell, you got Emory Jones, you got Quincy Wiggins, you got LaTerrence Wells. You know, you can go down the line of really top end Louisiana guys they signed in December. And then you would turn around and you could say, hey, look, then we got Matthews, then we got Citizen, then, you know, we're in it on Lewis, but Matthews and Citizen certainly are ranked as, as top 10 prospects in the state. And there was that kind of worry moment, right? In December, you signed 13 guys and you said, look, Bama came in and took, you know, Shaz Preston and Kendrick Law and Aaron Anderson and this trio of receivers and, and you came up a bit snake eyes there. Everybody else in state that you wanted, you're going to get. And I think that do you ever want to lose anyone to Bama if you're LSU? No, they're the best team in the country, and you have to play them every year because they're in your division. But on the flip side is LSU's never struggling for receivers. They have a great receiver room, and they went out and get a guy like Kyron Lacey, who is two years removed from being with Butte as the number one and two receivers in the state. He's developed for a couple seasons. You bring him back, and now he's part of a pretty kind of not the deepest receiver room in the country, but I think you go down it and every single one of them, you could look at a guy and say that dude can play and he'll probably be playing a good bit this year. So I like what they're doing, but again, this weekend will be important. I think without boring everybody with a, you know, a million kind of projections for how this could go, I'll just say what needs to happen. Matthews, you've got him and his family in town. You know, he's been committed to you before. It's about, you know, feeling that, that kind of bond with this new staff. How is he getting along with the safeties coach and Kerry Cooks? You know, how does he get along with the head coach and uh, in Brian Kelly? How does he get along with Frank Wilson, the guy who kind of holds everything together for a lot of these Louisiana guys and is really that point of contact? I think that'll be big with Perkins. His mom did an interview with Steve Wilpong and she just laid it out. She said, look, they're going to do what Florida did, which is lay out all how we're going to use you and how Harold's going to be used, you know, in the linebacker spot and what the schemes are and, and all these, you know, how are you going to take care of him in terms of where he's living and, you know, school and tutoring, all these things that come with visits. She knows that's going to happen on LSU too. So what can set LSU apart from Florida or A&M, you know, the other schools that have been really heavily in the mix for him. And she said, it's going to be that home feeling. Can we get around LSU staff and feel like, you know, from Brian Kelly down, that everybody really makes us feel like, hey, this is the LSU we've always known. Because she's said to Wilt Fogg in the story, it's on our website, that she's from New Orleans. A lot of her family's from New Orleans. They've been in Houston. Like, LSU would make a lot of sense. And she said, look, I've always gone to LSU's campus. Every time I go there, I feel like I'm at home because I'm a Louisiana person. I think this weekend's about really drilling that home and trying to make Harold feel like this is the best spot for you. This is the best spot. You know, it's a good family fit where everybody can come see you play and, and everything like that. And I think culture wise, he fits in well. 
just in terms of, I think Harold Perkins is kind of a Louisiana kid uh, and has been around campus a ton. So it'll, it will be interesting to see. Those two, I think, are really important in terms of that family feel. I think with the other two visitors, Davis Robinson and Douglas, it's really about giving them a crash course on the program. I mean, they haven't, you know, Douglas has visited for a game before, but neither of them have had sort of a long weekend where they're going to, you know, visit with professors and look at, you know, yeah. whatever department or school they're into and, and get a full tour of the facilities and sit down with a position coach and go over film and break everything down and all that stuff that Matthews and Harold Perkins and Citizen, those guys have all done plenty at LSU. Those two completely new to the scene. It's almost like we have to just wait and see how the weekend goes before we can really say, all right, I feel good about it. But you talk to Davis Robinson, I talked to to the Douglas camp and you could sense that both of them were, were pretty excited about just the idea of I have an LSU offer now. I'm coming on a visit. I have this opportunity in front of me. And it's almost, for me, it feels like, and I've been around it a long time, that when you see kids like that, it's like, hey, I just need to make sure that when we get over there, that for me and my parents, everything checks, you know, all the boxes are checked because from, yeah. you know, 50,000 feet or whatever. And, you know, with these kids just getting an offer and looking at the program, they're saying everything looks perfect. I'd love, you know, that's a great chance for me to go there and, and be part of something special. I think it'll be a good weekend for LSU. They've got four guys and, and we broke it down for a variety of reasons. You have different kind of needs for them or paths you're going to have to take over the weekend of how you recruit them and close them. But I think it sets up well because Midnight Sunday, Maddie B is the dead period. That means no more face-to-face contact with any recruits. Well, LSU will have the last face-to-face with all four of those guys: Perkins, Matthews, Davis, Robinson, Douglas. Um, you know, you're coming off obviously uh, in-home visits this week and official visits then with Danny Lewis and Citizen. And those are the six guys we're kind of watching. And we let off the podcast by saying they've got seven spots left in this class, whether that's high school transfer portal, whatever it might be. They've got six guys here on the board. How do you close? We'll see. But certainly they're about to cut into that seven total number by next Wednesday. Yeah, so we went over the best case scenario. Let's look at the not so great case scenario. Let's say they they lose a couple of them, right? Um, I'm curious, uh, as your opinion, if they did, let's say, miss out on two, three of them, let's say, would those spots – go to the transfer portal or do you think LSU would just not even like uh fill them I think it would depend right and let's say that they for instance let's say they don't get Danny Lewis the tight end they're gonna have to go to the transfer portal they've got one scholarship mm-hmm. tight end coming back they're almost gonna have to maybe use that life if you go six for six here that seventh spot might need to be a tight end at some point so yeah. even if you get Danny Lewis um so I think t- it may depend on a position like Let's say Citizen doesn't come. Well, it stings. You want Citizen. But you also have John Emery and obviously the two freshmen, Goodwin and Kiner. And then you've got Trey Bradford coming back. And you just took Noah Kane. So you don't feel that kind of like immediate need of, man, we really need it. Like he would have been our starter type thing next year. Now we'll see how things go with Citizen. But I think that would just depend on need. But we are, I think, getting closer to – then building back up the roster to where they feel good about things. Now, if we get to spring and a couple more guys leave off the team, then all of a sudden they're going to say, okay, we need this one or two or three spots to be spent in this class on the portal. Um, but I don't think, even from talking to sources, you know, LSU knows that we have to get past next Wednesday before we can figure out what the next move is. Because really, 
all six of these guys would be considered takes and they're not turning any of them away at this point. They're offering some of them here in the past week to try to get them. So I think you just get through Wednesday. Then you look at what the depth chart looks at. Like you look, you say, do I have one spot? Do I have four spots? And, and then you sort of reset, you know, press the reset button and say, okay, here's the most important positions and let's keep monitoring the portal daily. And as soon as we see a guy go in that we like, we're going to go after him. Yeah. That that's going to be the interesting thing to me because this, this obviously the December signing day it was like all right we know Walker Howard Will Campbell Emory Jones go down the list like the excitement from those guys or the the anticipation I guess wasn't as nerve wracking as I feel like this week is going to be in times like obviously there were some questions like Quincy Wiggins and you go down the list of some other player players that may be on the fence but the December signing day felt a lot more like predictable. And while I think LSU is in a good position with a lot of the guys that, that they have, especially the guys visiting visiting this weekend, there is a little bit of, of uh, uncertainty going into this. So that, that makes it uh, interesting, nonetheless, to look at that. Um, anything else before we, we start looking at the, the transfer portal from these high schools? Yeah, I mean, well, I think the uncertainty is also felt on LSU's end. I mean, these are coaches who – Brian Kelly's been head coach for 30 years. Frank Wilson's been one of the best recruiters in the country for the better part of 15 years. Um, you know, they've got young guys, old guys, you know, everyone's sort of been around the block. Got here. So even then they're going to figure out with kids like, you know, they haven't been somewhere else recruiting these kids nonstop. I mean, by and large, all these kids are having to make up ground within a month. So I think even they go into it thinking, I guess I could feel good here, but I I haven't been with this kid for two years. I can't tell if, you know, the mom and dad are being honest with me or if the kid's really into somebody else more than he is to me. That's things you kind of have a feel for, like when you've been recruiting them since they were sophomores and you're not shocked when signing day comes around. You kind of know behind the scenes what their move is. I think right here for LSU, and that's just – that's part of kind of the space you operate in when you have a completely new staff top to bottom – Minus Brad Davis, whose O-linemen are already all in the boat. He signed him in December. There was there was nothing to worry about. So I think here there's just a level of uncertainty, even with the coaching staff of, man, we might feel good about this, but not like I might normally would feel good about a guy that I've been recruiting two years. And, and that makes signing day a little bit more eventful for them too. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, let's look at the transfer portal here. Um, the only addition, I believe, this week was Jarek Bernard Converse from Oklahoma State. I did do an analysis piece on him. Um, I'm trying to finish up all the analysis of – or I'm trying to get analysis pieces of all of the transfers done. I still have Noah Kane, and then I'm going to take another look at Miles Brennan just to – just to, to always. it's always good to watch Miles Brennan watch the quarterback. So, yeah, I'll get those two out this, this week. But Jarek Bernard Converse, first-team All-Big 12 starter – for four years on Oklahoma State and a starter starting corner on one of the top five defenses in the country pretty comfortably. So they bring him over to Baton Rouge. I think it's a huge pickup. You put him 
across from Ty Gardner, and boom, you have your starting cornerback duo, right? And then if they do run a nickel, then you got Greg Brooks. Um, the secondary depth is obviously concerning because you know you have some freshmen, you got like Ray Darius Jones and McGee um, back there as well, but. I think from a starting perspective, you couldn't have done much better in the transfer portal, wouldn't you say? Well, and that's what I, you've done a great job breaking all these down. So does when I tweeted that out and everyone sort of said, and, and you just how how you described it, hey, if I were to tell you LSU's getting a cornerback that was on a top five, I don't even have to tell you the team name, top five defense, almost got into the playoffs, has started 46 straight games, has started from freshman all the way to senior, and was all conference is is he is when you watch the film is that Matt like is he as good as that sounds he he's as good as that sounds. I like I mean and he's experienced right that's the big thing with this LSU defenses we're like all right it's an overhaul it's a new coordinator but when you have experience in the back end I feel like it makes life easy on just everybody defensive coordinator linebackers I mean go on the list because then there's fewer busts right that's what we had talked about uh this past year is there were just too many busts in the back end. I mean, whether it was Major Burns, whether it was whoever in the back that maybe missed an assignment, and I feel bad for just naming uh, Major Burns because there was a lot of missed assignments back there, but um, that that's what you can't have, and that's what experience in a defense like Oklahoma State, that's what Jarek, um Bernard Converse kind of brings here is that continuity, that experience. So. Um, he's very skilled. He's 6'2". He's big. He's fast. He can run with anybody. I, I never saw him get beat. He's versatile. He played man, played zone. I'm very excited to get him in there. And my uh, Garner was obviously um, all Sun Belt, um, which is which is great as well. And he has experience. But Bernard Converse looks like he could step in and be the number one right away and be not just be the number one on LSU, but be one of the you know six best corners in in the SEC like early on. Yep, and and look, you you'll you give Major Burns a shout out there, so we'll 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 flip it on him and, and give him this bit of positivity. The good thing then at safety becomes first we thought Jay Ward was about to have to move back to cornerback, no doubt, because they just didn't have any. Now they actually have a couple transfers, so we'll see what happens. But Jay Ward's first year playing safety was last year, and you needed him to be the best safety you had. Major Burns, you know, had transferred in from Georgia. He had not he had played some, but he'd never been in a starting role like that. So now he's a year removed from that. He's going to say, hey, look, I'm, the game's moving slower for me. I know now where, you know, how I've messed up previously. I've seen the film. I'm better now for it. Yeah. Joe Fusha comes in out of Arkansas as a guy who's put a ton, a ton, a ton of football. He's now on the back end for you at safety. And I know you've got young guys that you want to see. Sage Ryan, Matthew Langwa, Derek Davis, Jordan Tolles is still on the team. But those guys all now have some real experience to them. And Major played, you know, all last year minus when he was hurt. Jay played the entire time. Uh, and obviously you're bringing in Fushu, who's played for multiple years for, you know, starting. And uh, I think they – DB was a massive concern. I'm not saying they're out of the woods. Like you said, corner depth isn't very good. So that's still a bit of a concern. But they're in much better shape than they were, you know, just even a few weeks ago. Uh, I really like how they have dressed the portal. And like I said, we'll see after signing day if they're done with it. The, the safety position is is deep at this point, right? Like you mentioned, I think Major Burns can take a step forward, a significant step forward. Jay Ward, if 
they had to move him to corner, they could. But I think starting him at safety is probably the ideal position for him. Um, and then you bring Joe Fusha and Sage Ryan and the guys that you named. So I love the two, three deep at at safety. Uh, Nickel I think is fine as well. It's just that cornerback position. That's that's really all that all that they have left to, to fill. And if they can, Jalen Davis Robinson from from Waxahachie is obviously a corner as well, but and you bring him in, LaTerrence Welsh in as freshman, that gives you six corners pretty much, like six outside corners, not including Jay Ward. And I feel like we talked about tight end, them needing a starter, and I do think that's the most important spot, but corner is still a spot where you want to go get a guy. And I don't think they would go get a a, a fifth-year or sixth-year player like they did um, with the two starters, but if you can go get a second or third-year guy that has two or three years of experience left, or two two or three years uh, left of eligibility, I think that's probably a move that I would like to see. Yeah, I'm with you on corner because I just think what happens if Makai Gardner or or David or um, oh man, uh, there's so many. We have a lot Bernard, of hyphenated signees. Yeah, Bernard Converse, yeah, Bernard Converse, Converse. Davis Robinson, uh, Bernard Converse. What if one of them or both of them gets banged up? Well, then you're right back to McGee and Radarius Jones, and then that would be your only options. I mean. Terrence Welsh just signed. He's coming off an injury. Doesn't even get here until the summer. You know, Jordan Allen signed. He's more of kind of a nickel safety type. I guess he can play some corner for you. He's versatile. Um, and then we mentioned Davis Robinson on the Waxahashie as a guy that they're going after because they want some young corners with years left, you know, four or five years of eligibility that they can develop. So the, the hope would be that he's not out there having to be relied upon next year immediately. So I wouldn't be shocked. I'm, I'm with you. Tight end. If they found a center and corner and maybe linebacker would be the positions for me that I would still say if a good one goes in, I'd go after him. Yeah, no. And it, it does. It'll depend. Like we talked about, it'll depend on how they do with the freshmen. And then we'll see kind of evaluate from there. I think next week when we do this podcast, we'll do it. I mean, whether we do it Thursday or Friday, we'll be probably Friday because we'll be removed from, the the signing day a couple days and we can kind of evaluate where they are and look at it from that standpoint so that's a that's gonna be real interesting next week to see where they are yeah no i'm telling you after next wednesday afternoon we'll have some real clarity on what this roster is going to look like how many numbers they have um but i will i'll say and look and you can and I'll always end by saying this. All that matters is what it looks like on the field. Like, it's the same thing with coaching hires. Like, great coaching hire, okay, well, if he sucks as a play caller, then it wasn't that good of a coaching hire. But we don't get to know that until they actually play football. So I know we'll have to see how good these transfers are, how quickly they can bring along some of these freshmen, how they develop guys on the team. But I've been impressed so far by Brian Kelly, how he put together his staff, and then how that staff sort of quickly turned around and honed in on – you know, six high school guys that they really needed and many of, you know, half of which we knew about all along. The other half are kind of guys who got late offers. And then the transfer portal getting 12 guys, none of which I don't think a month and a half ago, anybody, like I couldn't even point to you one guy, even the Arkansas guys and said, oh yeah, like no doubt, like that guy will go in the portal and they'll go get him. So they, you know, worked with what they had out there. I think they did a good job of evaluating the portal. I think they did a good job of bringing guys in. I think they, sold well kind of the needs and and we saw quickly bang like like, there was one week where they had eight signing you know transfer portal signees or commitments and it it wasn't it wasn't like they're striking 
you know, $100,000 NIL deals and everyone's jumping on it like a Texas O-lineman or something. I mean, this was just, hey, we need this position, get in on a visit, boom, closed, done, you've signed, you know, you're in and now you're on campus. And I thought that was big because yesterday, recording this on Friday, yesterday was the last day to add or drop courses for LSU spring semester. Now there may be a little wiggle room with student athletes or transfers sometimes, but you wanted to get everybody, as much as people as possible in then, because that meant you were with the team all spring. That meant you left the college you were at and came here and you can get a head start on academics and all that. And then obviously very importantly, you're there for the 15 spring practices and every workout with the new strength staff. So um, to get what I think they had 11 guys that they signed, the only guys that aren't are Noah Kane, the running back from Penn State, and Jay Bramplett, the punter at Notre Dame. Both those guys are going to stay and graduate uh, in the spring and then come the summer. Uh, everybody else is already here. So you've got 11 transfers uh, and what, like five or six early enrollees. So probably like 16, 17 guys in the team right now that weren't on the team when you just ended and had a coaching change and you get to really kind of knock out some development on that group before the rest of them all get here over the summer. Yeah. The kind of touching on the, the initial point you made, I, I mean, and you can speak to this a lot better than I can, but just from what you're here, what we're hearing about this co- this staff and how they're recruiting and how they're building relationships in Louisiana and Texas is tremendous. I mean, when I talked to Davis Robinson and he, the, how impressed he was with Kerry Cooks and then also the coaches at Waxahachie, how impressed they were with Kerry Cooks. And then uh, for, for Davis Robinson to say that other coaches that he had offers from were, ta- were talking highly about Robert Steeples was kind of incredible. Like that's, and yeah, you don't so hear I that often. Like, yeah, you don't hear that often at all. So that's, I mean, Cortez, Hankin, I mean, you, you go to the list, these guys are are building these relationships. Obviously, Frank Wilson, we know, has these relationships. And um, not to say these guys don't already have some, but still what they've done so far, and including Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly has been at a lot of schools, has been in a lot of houses, and I, I, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, but everything I feel like I've read and heard has been – overwhelmingly positive so just the the overall impression of brian kelly has been uh really really good for lsu right and i'll say uh what archman at archmanning school newman but nelson stewart their head coach raved to, in an article this week on the site about uh brian kelly and when he finally got to sit down and talk with him and um look i'll tell you there's jacoby matthews for instance uh, a couple of people now have told me after the in-home visit this week, and obviously he'll get to spend more time with Brian Kelly this weekend, but when Brian Kelly went there on the in-home, after he left, that Jacoby was raving about, hey, look, I I really like Brian Kelly, and almost sort of like they had a nice kind of like rapport happen right away, and and I'm not, and I'll give you this statement, and this is not some knock like that other coaches aren't this, or that Orgeron wasn't this, but specifically to Brian Kelly, and He's coming from a career, you know, 30 plus years in the Midwest and the Northeast. And there was so much, you know, curiosity about how he would do, not just in the SEC, but in Louisiana and the Deep South. And, uh, you know, much culture shift for him. Uh, And we've gotten past the whole family thing and all that. And now or two, he's actually making in-homes and he's going to these places. And two people have told me this, one of them being a parent, another one being um kind of just a a source in the industry who's close to this family and got a chance to see it. But they said when Brian Kelly is, you close the door, you're in there, there's no cameras, there's, you know, you're not in front of a big team meeting room talking, any of that. It's just y'all in the living room 
that he's phenomenal. And they were like, he is so good in terms of getting his point across, selling the program, selling his belief between, you know, the marriage of academics and football and development and graduating and all these different things that I think that that's going to be something that at LSU maybe is an unexpected bump for them. Like, I think he came here and everyone just said like, man, he's good thing. He hired Frank Wilson. He'll have to do all the recruiting for him. He better hire a staff who recruits for him. And it seems to me, at least the early returns are that, you know, when you've got Kelly there, you know, closing a kid or when he's got his office door closed and talking with his family or in their living room, that he was great. And I'm not saying he's not great in front of a podium or wherever else, but they were specifically speaking to recruiting and how a kid and a coaching staff close on a kid and sell the program. And uh, I think people have been really impressed. And maybe it's just because they, we always saw Brian Kelly on TV and he was the Notre Dame coach that everybody loved to hate. And now he's here and there was all this, you know, backlash or national rhetoric of how would it work out. And now that he's going into high schools and going into homes, I think a lot of that rhetoric, at least here in Louisiana, is changing. And these people are saying, look, this guy, this guy's got a very detailed plan of what he wants to do, what he envisions from the program, what he envisions from the student athlete, uh, standards that need to be met. And I think when you're dealing with parents who are about to send their kids off to, you know, away from home for the first time, that's a very big deal. And, and I think he's sells it probably with the best of them. And, and he's got a good track record of saying, Hey, look, I've been at Notre Dame. It's one of the highest, you know, learning institutions in the country when it comes to also being good at, at football. And uh, I think he's trying to carry a bit of that down to LSU just in terms of what he's, what he's building and what he wants to see from the program as a whole, which I think if everything works out for him, uh, we'll see how many games they win, but I think that they're going to retain their roster a little bit better because I think it's going to be, you weed out a lot of these guys, even in recruiting and you're not doing it once they get to campus, which I think is just something that you kind of, do over time and, and learn over time as a head coach. Yeah, no, uh, Brian Kelly has is off to a great start. And after, next week when we do this podcast, he could be off to a phenomenal start. He has um, won so no games. Let us just make sure we're saying that right, that, that we always have to end by saying this does not mean that they're going to win a lot of games. Zero and zero, zero and zero at the moment. That's a perfect record, I guess, 500. There you go, undefeated. However you want to look at it undefeated <laughs> so but all right i think that's all we have for y'all today uh, we appreciate y'all joining us uh, you can check out our site at go247.com uh we got <clears throat> everything with the the latest in uh the official visits uh that we've kind of touched on in this podcast we got the latest with basketball news um but yeah recruiting big week we have we're running a 60 percent off annual vip pass on go 24 7 right now uh special offers on our home page you can just go to our home site Press it and uh, become a subscriber for 60% off an annual deal. Check that out for sure and send it to somebody who maybe has been waiting for this um, as well. Maybe somebody that you forgot their Christmas present or something. So, um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Go247. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruner underscore Shay at Shay Dixon. And, yeah, we thank you all for joining us. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. And we'll talk to you later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.